Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist at The Natty Hour, and welcome everybody to episode 64. So the title of today's episode is Why I Think You Should Stop Following Swipe Right Workouts on Instagram. Okay, so let me start off off by saying there is nothing wrong with those sharing their workout ideas on the gram and there's nothing wrong if you decide to save some of those workouts for new ideas for yourself. The problem is those who are constantly searching high and low for new workout ideas on a daily or even weekly basis. I get that it's nice to switch things up. However, some people are switching things up with their workouts way more than they should. And they wonder why they're spinning their wheels and not seeing any progress. I think the following quote really hit home for me when it comes to why you shouldn't be switching up your workouts so frequently. You can't bake a cake if you keep changing the ingredients. This analogy is no different when it comes to changing your body composition. Now, maybe your goals are different. Maybe you are strictly focused on performance and constantly challenging your body with different movement patterns. Where losing weight, adding muscle, or developing that toned look a lot of people are after is just not something you were focused on. In that case, Keep doing what you're doing. If you enjoy your training and you're happy with the progress you're seeing, when it comes to your performance, that is, keep doing you. But if you are trying to change your body composition, lose weight, and or add muscle, then switching up your workouts so frequently is probably not the best idea if you want to optimize your results. Today, let's expand on why you want to avoid switching things up so frequently, and we're also going to go over how you can build your own training program tailored towards your needs. So get out your notepad. This is going to be a very heavily based learning episode today, but I really do think that it's going to provide a lot of people value. Now, please note that I am not saying we should never make changes to our workouts from time to time. Sometimes I get bored too of, you know, say I do dumbbell curls and then I'll switch it up and do cables. Or there are some weeks where dumbbell lateral raises they feel good in other weeks. I don't feel them all that much, so I switch and use kettlebells instead. It's okay to switch things up from time to time. However, switching things up too often, such as, you know, on a weekly basis, can be very unnecessary. Now, why is that? Firstly, we have to look at what you're trying to accomplish. And if you're looking to change your body composition, like I previously mentioned, our priority in the gym needs to be progressive overload. We have talked about progressive overload on the podcast many times before, 
But as a reminder, this is the process of lifting more over time. We need to increase the demands being placed on our bodies by gradually getting stronger over time. This can be accomplished in many ways, such as lifting more weight, doing more sets, doing more reps, increasing your time under tension, or even simply improving your form and technique by increasing your range of motion, for instance. That explanation alone should solve the dilemma as to why we don't want to be switching things up too often. If not, think of it like this. How did Kobe Bryant become the best basketball player in the world? Well, it wasn't from practicing golf. He practiced nothing but basketball to master his craft. In order for us to get better and achieve progressive overload with our workouts, we need to practice and maintain consistency with performing the same movement patterns so we get better and better over time. For example, if we want to improve our squat technique or increase the strength of our squat, how can you do that when we squat one week and then we swap them out for a different exercise the following week and we don't squat again for another month? Practice makes perfect. Now again, I am not saying you can't enjoy your workouts and change things up every once in a while. While it's important to avoid changing your workouts too often, it's also unrealistic to stick to the same workouts forever. I totally get that. So how do we do this more efficiently? When is it appropriate to switch things up? Here are some signs that are worth paying attention to that may indicate it's time to switch things up. Number one, maybe your goals have changed. So for example, say you were competing in powerlifting, where of course mastering the technique of the back squat, bench, and deadlift are a must. But eventually you've had enough of competing and you want to focus maybe more on bodybuilding. At that point, perfect technique on the back squat may no longer be your goal, where switching things up by focusing maybe more on the front squat or landmine squats may be your new focus moving forward. Another reason is to prevent injury. Say you're noticing some minor pain when you perform the conventional deadlift. To prevent injury, we definitely don't want to ignore that pain and just power through it. Instead, Instead, we want to address the issue where switching things up with a different variation may be best to avoid the risk of injury. Maybe switching things up to a sumo deadlift or a Romanian deadlift or maybe even a rack pull until you get to the root of the problem. Sometimes taking a break and making room to progress with a new variation can be very helpful with avoiding injury and coming back to the conventional deadlift later on and it feels even better than ever. Another reason reason is, of course, when you are experiencing boredom. Keeping things fresh and fun is important when it comes to adhering to a workout program. And while I previously mentioned progressive overload is typically our main goal, it's not going to do anything or mean anything if you're going to just keep skipping your workouts because you're getting too bored with the same old, same old. So make sure that adherence isn't suffering. And if it is, then at that point, switching things up may be necessary. You can actually switch things up to be fun and fresh without switching up too many of your movement patterns. So for example, you can keep all of the same exercises by switching up the pairing of them. So say you had originally had a lower body day, you can switch things up and do the same exercises but have a full body day. Even just pairing your go-to movements with other go-to movements, changing up the rep scheme slightly and switching things up that way is a great way to keep things fresh and new without having 
having to completely overhaul your workout program with 20 new movement patterns you've never done before. This strategy allows you to avoid boredom, keep things fresh, and still prioritize progressive overload within your training. Now, let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about how you can build your own training program. So bust out those notepads. This is the time to take some notes here. I think this can be very valuable for a lot of people who aren't able to work with a coach right now and are just wanting to kind of implement things on their own. There is much more to it though than just pairing a bunch of different lower body exercises together and calling it a leg day. If you want it to be effective, that is. There is a step-by-step process that we want to follow when it comes to building an effective training program for yourself. So step number one is completing a needs analysis. This is the evaluation of your needs as an athlete, where you look at your overall goals, how is your train, what is your training status, what's your training background, and your exercise history. If you are a beginner, I definitely think it's ludicrous for you to be squatting twice, maybe three times a week. Whereas someone who is more advanced, squatting twice a week, depending on the athlete's goals, of course, it may be completely necessary. So if you aren't sure where you fall on that spectrum of your training status, a good rule of thumb is that for anyone who has been doing resistance training for two months or less would be classified as a beginner. Anyone from two to six months is intermediate and anybody who's been lifting for a year or more is advanced. Once you've completed your needs analysis, it's time to select the exercises to include in your resistance training program. Before you can do that, we have to understand the different types of exercises. There are literally hundreds of resistance training exercises to select from, and understanding the types of exercises can help us filter out beneficial exercises and movements from not so beneficial movements. So there are four exercise types types that we are going to discuss. Core exercises, structural exercises, power exercises, and assistance exercises. Let's break those down. Core exercises are any exercise that recruits one or more large muscle areas and involve two or more primary joints. So this is known as like a multi-joint exercise and a good example is going to be the bench press. Structural exercises are still considered core exercises but there's an emphasis on loading the spine. So you're still going to be using multiple joints to do the movement pattern but you're loading the spine. So a good example is the back squats. You're using multiple joints to perform the movement. You know your hips, knees, and your ankles are moving, but you are loading the spine with the barbell on your back. The next one is power exercises. And again, that is a playoff of structural exercises, but they are performed very quickly and explosively, hence the name power. So a good example would be the power snatch. And the last one are assistance exercises. And this recruits smaller muscle areas and involve only one primary joint. So a good example of that is going to be a bicep curl. These are also known as single joint exercises or isolated exercises. Now that we have an understanding of the four types, selecting which exercises to include in your program is going to come down to specificity. So for example, 
Say you're a basketball player and are entering into your in-season. In this scenario, progressing with more power exercises is going to be more beneficial for the athlete compared to assistance exercises. So to kind of like give you an example of that, when you're a basketball player, you want to be powerful. You want to be able to do a very high vertical jump. If you're not practicing power movements that are going to help you be able to jump higher, how are you going to get better of that? at that? I would argue that power exercises for from that example are way more beneficial to help your vertical jump compared to doing a bunch of bicep curls. That's an extreme example, but hopefully that kind of makes sense here. But you know, we're assuming that none of us are trying to be a professional basketball player. Instead, our biggest goal is to build muscle, change our body composition, and just be healthy and feel good. So the rest of this is just going to kind of play off of that being our assumed goals for everybody who is listening. I would argue that power exercises are probably not specific to us if that is our overall goal. Unless you want to try out some Olympic lifting, I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that. They can be a lot of fun and pretty challenging, but assuming that, you know, with our previous goals that I mentioned here, with that in mind, focusing more on core exercises, structural exercises with some assistance exercises is specific to our needs. Now that we know which exercise types we are going to focus on, how many exercises should you select for one training session? A good general recommendation is to do one to two core or structural exercises for each muscle group and then add in one to three assistance exercises for each muscle group. I would also not go over doing a total of eight exercises for the day. The sweet spot seems to be six exercises a day if you aren't wanting to be in the gym longer than 75 to 90 minutes. So depending if you are a beginner, I would stick to the lower end of the spectrum. And if you're more advanced, I would stick to the higher end of the spectrum. Let's go over an example for a leg day of which exercises you should select. As I previously mentioned, we want to select one to two core or structural exercises of each major muscle group. So if we're doing legs, you have your quads, hamstrings, and glutes. Think for a second here, what are some core or structural exercises for each of these muscle groups, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Would leg extensions be a core exercise for the quads? Hopefully you answered no. <laughs> leg extensions only move the knee joint. Therefore, it is an assistance exercise. The back squats would be a great structural exercise for both the quads and and the glutes. That's why the back squats are so powerful. It's kind of a two birds, one stone with this exercise. Note that this is a structural exercise. Remember what I mentioned that with the back squats, you are loading the spine. What might be another great core or structural exercise for the hamstrings? The Romanian deadlift is actually a great structural exercise for both the hamstrings as well as the glutes. Looks like just from those two exercises, we have our quads, hamstrings, and glutes taken care of when it comes to including one to two core or structural exercises. Now let's move on to one to three assistance exercises for each muscle group. Remember, this is any exercise involving one joint moving. We already know that the leg extension is an isolated movement for the quads. Therefore, it should be pretty obvious that doing the leg curls is a great assistance exercise for the hamstrings. But what about the glutes? It's important to note that any type of hip extension movement is going to target the glutes. The Romanian deadlifts target the glutes, however, it 
it involves more than one joint, so it's not really an assistance exercise. But what about the barbell hip thrusts? That actually is a single joint movement, which is a great assistance exercise for the glutes. I would apply the same concept here that we just went over for the remaining muscle groups as you finish selecting your exercises to include in your program. It can be tough to determine which exercises are core, structural, and which are assistance exercises. So I am going to leave a website in the show notes. It's called exrx.net and it's a great resource for not only showcasing how to do an exercise, but it explains which muscle groups are involved, making it very easy for you to select exercises that are core, structural, and assistance-based. Now that you have completed your exercise selection, it's time to determine your training frequency. How many training sessions should you and can you train a week? When a lot of people are first starting out, they think that they need to jump into a six-day training split. But remember, we want to prioritize progressive overload, working up to a six-day or even working up to a five-day training split over time is more important than just starting out at that training split. A good rule of thumb, again, depends on your training status, where if you are a beginner, training two to three days a week is sufficient. Once you're more intermediate, you can increase this to three to four days a week. And as you approach an advanced status, progressing to training four to six days a week may be necessary. It's so important to prioritize quality workouts over quantity. Now that you know how many days a week you're going to be training, it's time to decide on your training split and the exercise order. To keep things simple, we're going to assume that we are only doing a four-day split for our example here. Most people, when they're starting out, they will do a typical bro split. And this is where you train based off of specific muscle groups. So day one would be chest and triceps, day two would be legs, day three would be back and biceps, and then day four would be arms and shoulders. There's nothing wrong with this split if you prefer to stick to the basics like this. If you decide on this split, you will simply allocate the exercises you selected into those days. So all of your chest and tricep exercises you selected, you would allocate them into your chest and triceps day. If you wanna be more creative though, you can switch things up where you do a different split where day one might be an upper body, day two might be a lower body, day three full body, and then day four full body. This is just one example and there's a million different ways to create this training split for yourself. When you input your selected exercise within these four days for this example here, you would have to get a bit more creative with spacing out your exercises where each day isn't focused on an actual body part. Instead, I would focus on exercise order. This is where you want to focus on starting your workouts with a structural exercise, then a core exercise, and finish off with your assistance exercises. So for example, on your upper day, I wouldn't start off with push-ups and then your last exercise be bench press. Bench press is more taxing and remember that is a core exercise. And if you're doing it last, your muscles already pre-exhausted where you aren't going to be able to lift as much and even worse, you are exposing yourself to the risk of injury. Instead, your upper body day may look something like this and 
just keep in mind too, we are limiting your total exercises in a, in a day from six to no more than eight exercises. So exercise one may be a barbell shoulder press. That's a structural exercise because it loads the spine. Then we move into a bench press, which is a core exercise. Maybe moving into a bent over row after that, which is a core exercise. And then exercise four is bicep curls, which we already know is an assistance exercise. Exercise number five is push-ups, which is an assistance exercise. And then the last one would be planks. And that of course is an assistance exercise. So if you want to implement the bro split, say we look at your chest and triceps day, it may also look like something like this, where we still want to implement the same idea where we keep things in order. So the first exercise would be bench press, which is a core exercise, moving on to a chest press machine, which is still a core exercise, then moving into cable flies, which is an assistance exercise, and then tricep rope extensions, which of course is an assistance exercise, and then the last one would be push-ups, which again, an assistance exercise. So again, it doesn't matter which training split you select. I would pick whichever option you enjoy more. It's more important to prioritize the types of exercises efficiently within the training day. For myself, I enjoy the upper, lower, full body, full body split more than the typical bro split. And the reason is because I don't like doing more than a couple of exercises for one muscle group within a session. So like hitting four chest exercises in one day is exhausting. I would rather hit two exercises one day and then hit the other two exercises later on during the week. I like increasing my frequency by hitting the same muscle group more than once a week. This allows you to reduce soreness, optimize your recovery, and actually increase your strength better. Think about it. By the time I go to do push-ups at the end of the chest day example, my chest is going to be fried. Maybe I'll be able to do like six push-ups, but if I allocate push-ups to my full body day on day four and only did one other chest exercise, I'll likely be able to do way more push-ups because my pec muscles won't be as fatigued. This strategy isn't for everyone, but I have found it to be more enjoyable and sustainable for me and my athletes. Now that you have your training split and exercise order figured out, there are two more steps. Hope you guys are all still with me here. I know that this is a lot, but like I said, I think it adds a lot of value to a lot of people. So next, we want to assign the number of sets and reps, and then the last step is assigning your rest periods. So looking at the sets and reps to assign to each exercise can be extremely complicated. So let's start out with the number of sets. This is going to vary based on the individual, but to simplify things here, the number of sets you want to perform are about 10 to 20 sets per muscle group for the entire week where within one exercise I would start off with doing a minimum of two sets which is acceptable and I would not go over six sets for a given exercise. Now looking at the rep count we've talked about this before where there are three different rep ranges we need to consider low reps, medium reps, and high reps. Low reps are within one to five reps, medium reps is within six to twelve reps, and then high reps is anything higher than twelve reps reps. I would honestly recommend using a combination of low, medium, and high reps versus one or the other. Using a combination of the different rep schemes yields different responses and positive training adaptations for muscle growth regardless of what your goals are. Now of course it's going to depend on which exercise you are performing when it comes to assigning a rep count. Assistance exercises involve one joint, remember, and it's not going to be able to handle extremely heavy loads. 
can you imagine like doing like a bicep curl for one rep for 100 pounds? You're not going to be able to do that and it's going to be very dangerous. So I think that it's safe to say and also to assume that your assistance exercises are primarily going to be performed in a medium to high rep count range where your core and structural exercises are going to be performed in a low to medium rep range. Now let's quickly touch on the rest period length and then we will go over an example. When it comes to resting, it's important to rest as long as you need to so you can perform the next set as safely and efficiently as you can. Don't make the mistake of assuming you need to keep your heart rate up. Remember, we are performing resistance training where strength is important for achieving progress, not keeping our heart rate up. A good recommendation when it comes to your rest periods depends on the number of reps you performed. So when you have performed one to six reps, a two to five minute rest period is recommended. Any sets performed at 6 to 12 reps, a 30 second to one and a half minutes of rest is recommended. And then lastly, any sets that you have performed at more than 12 reps, a 30 second rest period is sufficient. All right, team, that is how you build your own training program. Again, it's okay to switch things up based off of the reasons we previously mentioned, but you do want to give your program a fair amount of time where you can focus on prioritizing progressive overload. So what I have done for you here, there is a link in the show notes that actually gives you a visual of everything that I've talked about today and actually showcases an example. So if you go to that link, you can see the screenshot of a drafted program that I have put together. I would recommend that you look at that for yourself, but still try to build your own program based off of everything we discussed today. You can see within that photo there, that on the left, I started out by listing out all of the major muscle groups I want to prioritize. So there's uh, shoulders, chest, back, quads, hamstrings, and glutes, and I've listed out all of the exercises that I am going to include based off of the amounts that I said for one to two quarter structural exercises and one to three assistance exercises. After that, I decided to do an upper, lower, full body, full body training split, where I simply sprinkled in all of these selected exercises within to those days. Then we moved on to assigning the sets and reps and of course the rest periods for each movement. Then after that I counted the number of sets for each muscle group to ensure I was getting the recommended amount of volume for each muscle group where we want to have 10 to 20 sets for each muscle group for the entire week. And then you can see in the gray there on the left, the far end of the left there, the total number of sets for shoulders, which was 11, chest I had 10 sets, back was 10 sets, quads was 14 sets, hamstrings was 11, and glutes were 13. So all of the things that I have talked about have been ticked off in my drafted program here. And right here is an efficient training split based off of all of the principles that we have talked about today. All right, team, I hope that that was helpful. That is all I have for you all today. If you guys want to give this a try, if you want to create your own training program for yourself, please feel free to email me your training program. I'd be more than happy to take a look at it for you just to see how it looks, to see if it's sufficient and if you need any help with that. By all means, do not hesitate to email me. Again, my email is thenattyhour at gmail.com. All right, team, well, that about wraps up this week's long-winded episode. 
episode. I hope you all found it helpful. I really put a lot of effort into creating this podcast episode. So again, I really would appreciate your guys' feedback, sharing this episode if it was helpful, and please be sure to leave the podcast a review over at iTunes. Like I said before, it definitely shows your support and encourages me as well to continue putting out this amazing content for you all. So that is it, my friends. Thank you all again so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all again next week. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.